0: Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Kate Hamilton Health Podcast. So in today's episode I chat with Natalie Gilray also known as the Laughter Lassie. And um, she is owner of her own business Lighten the Load where she is a laughter yoga coach and um, also life coach and organizational specialist. So this was a really interesting conversation and I know it like it's funny but I prepare for these interviews like, you know I will quite often have you know a good load of questions there in front of me, just in case I need to know, I like to let the conversations flow naturally. But with this, I was like, there's only so much I can ask. I don't know anything about laughter yoga. So I kind of went in blind, not knowing what to expect. And this was an amazing conversation. Like it was really, really good. You're really going to enjoy this. We talk a little bit about her background, first of all, and how she went from being, you know, she quite a difficult background, you know, getting um set up in life, you know, and having to, you know, leave an abusive alcoholic partner to become a single mother to, you know, becoming a social worker and raising her son. And um, th- her whole journey has left, led her to where she is now in this um, new career of being a laughter yoga coach, and um, which is so it's a really she is a lovely story. Now, we don't go too much, too deep into her story, but um she does share a little bit about kind of how she uh, went from nurse to social worker to now doing to doing what she's doing now. um. So what we talk about is we talk about laughter yoga. She explains what exactly laughter yoga is, what to expect in a laughter yoga class. And we talk a lot about the benefits of laughter yoga, which is just, it's fascinating. And the science behind it and how it's not just another, it sounds like such a novelty thing, but that this is something that is practiced all over the world, was discovered in India. And um, ha- there has been research done into this and the difference that it does make. So she goes through all the benefits of laughter yoga. We talk about other things then as well. We talk about parenting and we talk about success manifesting. We talk about like the law of attraction a little bit. And, you know, we talk about stress relief and stress and how, you know, there's different ways that we can relieve stress and how life has become so serious now that we tend not to laugh anymore. And when you think about small kids, they do a lot of laughing, whereas us adults often go through the day without laughing at all. And just kind of how laughter yoga is, I suppose, a form of exercise or a form of meditation, and um, where it gets you into the present moment, right ra- ra- into the present moment, raises your vibration and um, your energy, and leaves you feeling amazing and ready to get back to deal with, you know, with the problems that lay ahead of you in life. Absolutely amazing conversation. She's so inspiring, um, and she just has this contagious smile on her face when you're talking to her. And um, I think you're really going to enjoy this. So without further ado, here is Natalie Gilray. Natalie, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast today.
1: Thank you for inviting me.
0: (laughs) I'm really looking forward to this conversation. And as I was just saying to you off air, I'm like, I don't even know what questions I'm going to ask yet. I know some questions, but I have so much that I want to learn about what you do that really what, what I need to do is just get you going and let's find out a little bit more about what you do. So first of all, um, online you're known as the laughter lassie yes. and your business lightened the load.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, so I suppose let's start. Give everyone a little bit of a background on you, you know what what you do and I suppose what led you to what you do now?
1: Okay, that's quite a long story. okay um, right. So, <laughs> So I'm Natalie and I live in Inverness in the Scottish Highlands. I am a laughter yoga instructor, but I didn't used to. I didn't always do this. About twenty five years ago, I started my career in as a student nurse, and halfway through, I got glandular fever. Got married, had a child, and I picked a duffer. <laughs> my husband at the time was um, alcoholic, violent gambler. So when my son was three months old, we bag we packed a bag and moved back up to Inverness. So for years I worked as you know care work, um, support work, but you know, times were tough. Um, I trained as a social worker, and I did social work for 10 years, but I got completely burnt out. I got so anxious and so stressed. And it was around right about that time that I got introduced to after yoga, purely by accident. And when I say it changed my life, I'm not exaggerating. You know how you hear people all the time, something changed your life, Where you're like, how did it really change your life? So laughter yoga definitely did that for me. I um, I was tasked with arranging a team meeting. And you probably know yourself, you've been a teacher. A lot of team meetings are boring and they're dull and they could be like an email. There's no benefit to them. And I was really keen that, We had a team meeting that would um sort of factor in your team building boost morale that sort of thing so i went on to google and i genuinely don't know what i googled but i stumbled upon laughter yoga and there was a lady down in glasgow in scotland who did laughter yoga now our team had no budgets there was no way we could have got her up but by chance she was coming up to Inverness that same month to do a laughter yoga session for a mental health charity and it was free. So I brought my whole social work, social work team with me and we had like the most amazing night laughing and doing, you know, funny little games. And, you know, by the end of the night, you know, my head hurt, my cheeks hurt, my abs, everything hurt. But I just felt so joyful and so playful, especially as an adult, if you're in a really serious or stressful job, you don't always, have those light hearted sort of moments. So that stayed with me for like the longest time, that experience. And as I progressed through my social work career, I just got more and more stressed and more anxious. And the lady in Glasgow invited me to come and train to be an instructor. And I was like, I just don't think it's the right time. But then I thought, when would be the right time? So I did, I went down to Glasgow, I put the training on the credit card and it was like a two day training. And the first day of the laughter yoga training, it was so difficult. I just, I found it really difficult to laugh and I felt really quite heavy. I was in quite a dark place. And that night I went back to the hotel and I just cried because laughter is such a release of emotions. And I cried and I cried and I cried myself to sleep. And the next morning I woke up and I felt so much lighter and brighter. And the laughter was just so effortless. It was just so easy that next day. And then when I got the train back up to Inverness, I knew that moment that, you know, my life had changed. And within a few weeks I'd set up my own laughter club and and so many opportunities have presented. It's just been an absolute whirlwind of
0: a journey since training. That is amazing. And, so, do you know um, what laughter yoga is? No. So, that's exactly what was going to be my next question. So, I'm <laughs> like, is it yoga? Is it like, you tell us, tell us what it, what it is. So exactly. I have so
1: many people that come to my classes with like a yoga mat under their arm and they're like serious yogis. And I'm like, the clues in the title, <laughs> the laughter, the emphasis is on the laughter. So, basically, laughter yoga started 28 years ago in India by a medical doctor called Dr. Kataria. And he was doing a research paper all about laughter and the health benefits. Now in India in the mornings, you know, the weather's much nicer in India, Um, but so many people meet in the park, go for a walk, you know, they're getting a bit of exercise, they're getting a bit of sunshine, and it's the perfect start to their day. So Dr. Kataria thought, how amazing would it be if we could get a few volunteers together? in the park, in the morning, and we could laugh. So they did that. Got a few volunteers, and they told funny stories. They told jokes. And each day, more and more people came. Because you know when people are laughing, you're intrigued, laughter's contagious, so they all join in. So by the end of, like, two weeks, I think it was one person said, I'm not going to come back. You know, it's the same person telling the same joke. And and what's funny to you, you know, me is not funny to you. And Dr. Kataria was like, please come back tomorrow. I'll go back to my research. And what he discovered, and this is huge, he discovered the fact that your body doesn't know the difference between pretend laughter and real laughter, and you still gain all the same wonderful health benefits. And you know yourself that when you're laughing, it instantly boost your mood. It's so good at reducing your stress. It boosts your immune system. It can help increase your creativity, boost your resilience, can help you sleep, you know, get better sleep, can reduce your pain. There are so many mental and physical health benefits with laughter. And you can get that with pretend laughing, which is amazing. So he devised laughter yoga, which is exercises, fun, childlike exercise that we do. So we don't need to rely on comedy or humor or jokes We do these exercises and it may be pretend laughter to start with, but the pretend laughter turns into real laughter and real laughter is contagious. And it's the most magical thing. And the yoga bit comes into it because Dr. Kataria's wife is a yoga teacher. So in Laughter Yoga, we do some breathing exercises and that's basically just readying our body and our lungs for even more laughter. I mean, how cool is that?
0: That is so cool. So like do you, we go into, let's say, a hall or, you know, a room or whatever, wherever the class is taking place. You don't need a yoga mat or you, you do sit on a yoga mat?
1: No, most, I mean, you can do it. Most of my classes, you're doing it standing up. There's lots of movement, lots of eye contact. Uh, we maybe we might do um, a lie down for a guided meditation at the end. But in recent times, I started doing that in a seat. Because with the pandemic, all my classes went over Zoom. So you can perfectly do a meditation seated. I do classes at a neurological fitness centre. So that whole class is seated. So you don't need to do
0: that. So is it kind of like you you move your body in certain ways just to kind of get blood flowing, energy flowing? And then it's just about...
1: Definitely, but it's really about the laughter. I mean, what is so amazing? Like, you know yourself, you've got children, you were a teacher. Children laugh all the time. Something tickles their fancy and they laugh, but adults don't. We do laugh, but we get into our head and we're like, is it funny and is it appropriate time to laugh? So a lot of times we actually talk ourselves out of the laughter. And we should be laughing at least for 10 minutes, 10 minutes of prolonged laughter every single day to gain all the wonderful health benefits and 10 minutes of deep belly laughter is equivalent of like half an hour cardiovascular exercise Now I know you're a PT but I would rather be laughing than in a gym (laughs) but it is it's an internal workout I mean I look at my you know my fitness watch at the end of a session I'm like my gosh that really was a
0: workout you wouldn't think it but it really is that's amazing. So, right. So, one of the exercises could like, can you give like us an example? So, like, I'm trying to like picture, I come into class and I sit down in my chair or stand or whatever. And, like, to, to how, like, so you get a to just say you have like 10 really stressed out moms have just arrived in <laughs> uh, for their laughter yoga class and they're like, they've just dropped their kids to school. They're like, oh, yes. <laughs> like, how, how do you just literally like deep breath and go, ha 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 ha? Pretty
1: much as the second one will do. The first thing we always do in every class, we do some clapping. Which sounds okay. ridiculous, but bear with me. So we always go, ho, ho, ha, 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 ho, ho, ha, ha, ha. And the reason we're doing this activates all the pressure points in our fingers when we're clapping. So it's instantly boosting our energy levels, boosting our mood. And it's a great way it's sort of setting the intention of the lighthearted nature that we're going into with the laughter. So that's always a great one that we do. This one's brilliant. This one sticks with you forever. I do this pretty much between every exercise and we're going, very good, very good, yay! Very good, very good, yay! Now you can't take yourself seriously when you're doing that.
0: Yeah, it's, do you know, what, it is? Remind, what you're doing it reminds me of like, you know, when I was teaching like movement breaks that you do with younger kids in a classroom. So, you know, if you finish up maths before we get stuck into language, it would be like you take a little movement break and do something fun. And yeah, doing actions and rhymes. So it's like it is literally bringing it back to basics, the kind of things that you would have done as a child.
1: Well, the thing is, laughter is the, the earliest form of communication. Yeah. Babies laugh before they speak. Yeah. And they, they laugh because they're communicating and they're trying to fit in and they're trying to get attention. That's what we do. But as we get adults, we, we kind of we lose that. We lose the laughter because, as I said before, we're like, especially in this day and age, even like poor comedians are, are struggling. You know, is something funny and is it appropriate? And we should just be laughing because we're doing it for our own health and well-being. And there's nothing nicer when you hear somebody laughing. You'll see all the videos on YouTube or whatever of somebody laughing at a phone call on a train. And then before you know it, everybody in that carriage is laughing and they don't know why they're laughing, but laughter is contagious and they all feel so much better. And it's like that with laughter yoga.
0: And yeah, it's so true. The world has become so serious. I suppose it probably the adult world always was for a very long time anyway, but it's like we've created this like ball of misery that we live on where um everything is so serious and like I find even now you know I it's funny like um I grew up in the you know the 80s 90s and early 2000s and I um so if I really struggle with you know what's politically correct now what's not politically correct you know like everyone our generation do you know that everyone is so and it's great what I love about the the younger generations is they're kind of willingness to stand up for people and to make sure no one's marginalized and you know like bullying is not stood for anymore you know racism is not stood for anymore sexism like all of this stuff it's so important but somewhere along the lines it's also getting so serious that people are afraid to have fun. And this is something that the Irish, you know, are always, um, really, really good at is, yeah. um, or, are, are known for, sorry, are known for, you know, making of situations, maybe making slightly in, uh, inappropriate jokes. And, but I feel like even the Irish are losing that Irish Irishness now mm-hmm. because they're so afraid of offending someone. You know, and I look at you know, like like our our famous like comedian Tommy Tiernan from from yeah. Ireland. You know, and people either love Tommy Tiernan or they hate him because he is so fucking controversial yeah. and the things he said. And like if you look back at his early stuff, he couldn't like he he could not say things like that today. It just couldn't happen. And a lot of some of the stuff is very insulting for people. So like I don't know, there's probably a balance there somewhere. But like he's probably he finds it really difficult now. I don't know him at all, so I'm just kind of saying probably from an outside perspective finds it probably very difficult to navigate that comedian career wondering what's okay to say now, what's not okay. And it kind of, a little bit takes the Irishness out, but now I know that people will argue that we would have been masking prejudice as Irishness, which is also not okay as well. So it's to try and find that balance and navigate it in modern society. But sorry, my point here is, like, obviously having the standards for, you know, standing up for people, making sure that laughter isn't at people, but we need to learn to take our like everyday lives a little bit less seriously, I would imagine.
1: Definitely. I mean, laughter yoga is definitely not about laughing at about other people. It's yeah. about yourself and laughing with others. I mean, laughter yoga is practiced in over a he- 110 countries around the world. It's a huge movement. And not only are we laughing, but we're all, we're laughing for world peace as well. It's honestly, there's been so many gatherings online, people from all over, you know, the world getting together and laughing, which you would think was really inappropriate with all that's going on in the world right now. But it's actually a coming together and it's actually healing. It's healing Mm -hmm. laughter. And it is for that, we want peace in the world. And it is such a beautiful thing. But then laughter is so good, you know, for grief. You know, I've worked a lot on grief, you know, when I was a social worker, I do lots, you know, with my laughter yoga now. A lot of people, when they've lost somebody somebody has died they don't think they can laugh again they'd feel they feel guilty about laughing yet laughter is so important it's so important for their healing and the person has died does not want them to stay in a, a state of you know of misery so it's so important for us to use laughter um therapeutically as a way of healing as a way of coping as a way of building resilience and it's such a release
0: yeah that's what I was gonna say like an actual release of energy because you know like I've kind of I've spoken to people who are into Reiki and I've done a little bit of Reiki and you know or talked to other yoga teachers and stuff and we've talked a lot about um energy centers and the chakras and you know like when so if you know if you're like suffering with grief let's say you know one of your chakras might be seriously blocked like your heart chakra could be seriously blocked your solar plexus whatever you know they could all be really blocked Um, and if you've had trauma as a child like maybe your root chakra is really blocked whatever you know that you know that's usually unless we're like in a really good space in our lives there's usually some sort of blockage there um and so like what that's what happens like when we end up kind of i'm saying an inverted inverted commas broken but yeah. that when we when we don't feel right when we feel unwell when we feel depressed anxious whatever it is something like our energy isn't flowing properly
1: exactly exactly
0: so, laughter and with, the,
1: laughter and with the, the breathing exercises I mean even with the breathing exercises and some of the like when we're doing the whole ho ha 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 just by doing the whole, we're forcing all that stale energy that stale air in our lungs out because you know ourselves, like most of the time we breathe up here, we breathe mm-hmm. you know the top of our chest, and we should be breathing in the belly. So any sort of ho ha laughter breathing that expels that air and lets that flow and lets
0: us breathe deeper is good for us because our breathing is so bad. And you can feel like you know, like after a breathwork session or after a session where you're just with your friend and you've laughed loads, like. <laughs> I can feel that energy in my body. actually, it's funny I get it after ta- after talking to really interesting people on the podcast. so yes. like my I can already feel that my energy is flowing a little, bit. I'm like, I'm interested in this you know and like it's amazing when your your thoughts raise, your energy raises. you can yeah. actually feel it like through your hands, through your arms. you can be like,
1: Definitely. this is actually
0: do- doing something physiologically to Exactly,
1: me. and I mean, there's laughter yoga classes that are held over Zoom from all over the world every single day. And a few months ago, I was feeling quite down. There's a lot of stress in my family right now. And I just thought, you know what? I just need to attend as many laughter yoga sessions as I can. And I thought I'll challenge myself to see how many I could attend in a 24 hour period, because that seemed like a good idea. And I managed to attend 18 from around the world, held in different countries over Zoom. And it was getting to like the early hours of the morning and I was sore and I was tired, you know, my cheeks and my stomach. And I was like, I'm just I'm gonna laugh, but I'm I'm just gonna gently laugh. But you can't. When you're laughing, you're all in. And by the end of it, like the next day, I felt like I'd run like an ultra marathon. I was I was absolutely exhausted, but in a good way. It was just that whole movement and the laugh and it's just such a release and and it's difficult to stay down and sad when you're laughing even like when we smile we could be going ar- along the street and we see somebody we smile because we're nice people and instantly you're just shifting your mood and it's just so okay. instant it's so powerful
0: I suppose it is a form of meditation though isn't it like you know it's you know you're not saying that by doing a laughter yoga class it's going to fix all your problems but it's giving you that break from your problems getting you out of your head into the present moment focusing on your breath focusing on the movements and the, the sounds that you need to make to get that energy flowing to be present for that hour half hour however long it is exactly. to then be better equipped to deal with what you need to deal with in life.
1: Yeah we actually there is such a thing as like laughter meditation and it's usually later on in the class we do a few um, sort of exercises together and it, it gets to the stage where you become the laughter it's like you don't know who started the laughter but the laughter's rippling around the group but it's just so powerful but when you're saying about that I'm, I mean laughter yoga it's not your traditional yoga but it still needs to be a practice and people forget that they think laughter yoga sounds a bit of a novelty and a bit woo-woo but for any sort of health and well-being Thing. it needs to be a practice because as you say if you're in the midst of trauma or grief is it going to help you enormously it's, it'll do something but it needs to be something that you're doing regularly so that you're equipping yourself you're putting in your toolbox of, of, of things that you can use when you're starting to feel you know, maybe a wee bit stressed or a wee bit down um but it's so good for like building that resilience and just and if you're practicing it regularly. You just have, you just cope with things a little bit better. You just feel that little bit lighter. And the laughter is just that little bit easier.
0: Is it it like a similar feeling after like a really good cry and what are your thoughts on crying because I know like I'm a crier so mm-hmm. like if I'm stressed I'll cry if I'm angry I'll cry if you know yes. I feel injustice I'll cry if I'm sad <sighs> I'll cry you know um. but like I if I'm feeling really really stressed let's say and you know it's all building up and I'm really tired and then I'll cry and then maybe go to bed and then wake up. And like you said, um, that time when you went to bed and c- cried, mm-hmm. I would wake up and f- like feel 10 times lighter because of it. So what are your thoughts on crying? Because sometimes, like is there time and place for both?
1: Yeah, it's so funny because years ago when I was younger, um, like I've always cried. I You know, I've, I've cried, as you say, when, sad, happy. If I hear children singing Christmas carols or hear bagpipes, I cry. I cry at everything. And I remember years ago when I was younger, if we went to like a funeral, I would be like the wailer. And I remember saying, you know, joking in the family that I could have been like a professional wailer because I literally just howl and I greet. And I always thought that was such a bad thing. I was always told it was a bad thing. But it's actually, I think, a healthy thing to do and quite powerful. And now, I am, you know, I'm mid-40s now. I've been practicing laughter yoga for, what, seven years. I, I can laugh easily and I can cry easily and I'm okay with both that's just who I am and that's what I do and both of them are such a release because the worst thing you can do is bottle up how you're feeling and have all those pent-up emotions so Mm. yeah so I can still be a professional whaler but I think at my funeral I actually want someone to like come in and, and laugh and get everybody
0: laughing because that is so powerful And that's the intention for the future. (laughs) I think that, I don't know, is it the same in Scotland? But like in Ireland, like when it comes to funerals, like that's very much like it it might be changing again now with all these modern, you know, society. But like like traditionally, Irish funerals were always, yeah, okay, the church part was very, like it's all very sad, but there's a party afterwards. It's a party and it's a good time. There's food, there's drink, and there's a bit of then it, like it's you know everyone getting together and like you would in an Irish funeral anyone's I've been to anyway in the evening time like you're gonna hear laughter because there'll be cousins yeah. that haven't seen each other in years or there be you know and they're like oh god we better make sure next time we meet up it's not a funeral this you know that um that it's it probably is like a really good way to release emotion as well and but it's not it's actually quite nice to hear laughter at a funeral as well I think
1: definitely definitely I was at a funeral recent well a few years ago the pal. And they noticed that the date of birth or whatever was wrong on the screen. And my pal had been responsible for that information. and it's So that made her laugh, like, oh, my God, how have I screwed up? So then there was a sort of little giggling going on. But you're right. I, I just feel there should be laughter. I hate when things are so down and so heavy.
0: Yeah. I And it's funny, like like because I would like spend a lot of time thinking about and reading up on you know like what causes disease in the body what um what causes kind of mental health issues and like it it really all comes down to things being built up over time really isn't it like it's you know so if we're talking about if you're not laughing if you're constantly stressed so you're not having that release of happiness you know you're not getting that happy flow through your body if you're not able to cry or talk to someone and you're just constantly internalizing everything if you're it like it builds up over time it makes people sick like stress is yeah. the biggest a cumulative killer.
1: effect absolutely yeah.
0: and it's you know scientifically you know not always been able to be said but a lot of diseases that people are getting could probably be put down to um Chronic stress over time and bottling up, um, like, and I'm kind of more talking physical illnesses. Like, um, we obviously know with mental health issues, a lot of that is is to do with you know constant pressure and you know negative thought patterns and not be, and then it leads to hopelessness. Um, so like I can see, and like as a crier and a laugher, I I know that like I feel like I have a healthy way of releasing my emotions. It'll build up and it'll build up, and I'm someone who has suffered with panic attacks in my past, um. And that was literally just energy building in my body that okay. I just like, you know, and then it, it resulted in fight or flight and like proper full blown panic attacks. And, you know, thinking I was dying because there yeah. was all this en- energy in my body that I had nowhere to go. Um, and so I suppose we're going with that. Then like I have a teenage son, which I won't talk about too much because I'm sure you wouldn't want me to. But <laughs> as most teenage boys are he's not a talker so as a mother I'm like how was your day tell me one thing about your day how are you feeling today and he's like go away from me I'm just like (laughs) talking but it's hard to get teenage boys talking so um, (laughs) yeah no my son's 22 so I totally get that it's not easy what do you do
1: Just ride it out. <laughs> <laughs> it's
0: it better, does it?
1: <laughs> yeah, definitely. Like, it's so funny. Um, I wanted my son to be involved with laughter yoga because it's such a good way of building resilience and boosting your mood. And my son's like, I want no part in this when he was a teenager. Not happening. And then when he left school, um, he went off to do Camp America. And there were periods in the day when there was nothing happening and the kids were bored. And Jamie's like, I had to do laughter yoga with their mum. I had to do something. So it's amazing how much he knew. (laughs) And now every so often he's my wee assistant and it's a tall assistant. Um, But it's fine. But it's just one of these things when that's just what his mum does. We sort of picked up on it.
0: But yeah, it's it's amazing. And I say to my clients all the time, I'm like, you know your kids are going to do what you do, not what you tell them to do. And even if they don't do it when they're 14 and they're, you know, they think that you're the most embarrassing person in the world, it it sticks with them. And like, I have two boys, I have a 13 year old boy, a six year old boy, and I have a 10 year old girl in the middle. And like, I'm always particularly conscious of my daughter because, um, I suppose maybe because I'm a girl as well and I don't, I don't know. And because like, obviously my line of work is calories and, you know, talking yeah. about um, health and food and fat loss and, you know, I'd be really careful how she like would know when I'm, when she hears me talking about calories that I'm talking about them as fuel for the body yeah. that's needed to be strong, to be healthy, to be able to perform in your sports, you know, that kind of stuff um, is really, really important. So that's really lovely to hear that your son, like, you know, that, you see, it does yeah. work. Even if it's like, not till they're in their 20s, somewhere down the line, what's exactly. important to you if you express it through their childhood will be in there somewhere.
1: But you should definitely try the laughter. There was times where my son was like, you know, down, stressed by a girlfriend or whatever. And I would stand outside his bedroom door and laugh. And then laughter's contagious. And he's like, stop this, mom, stop this. And then he would join in so it worked
0: <laughs> yeah yeah even if I'm yeah even if he's like oh my god my son would think I've lost the plot. maybe I'll try it later actually that'd be hilarious even, so I, even just to wind him up for the laugh like I think that'd be so exactly, funny when yeah. he his bedroom door and started hysterically laughing he'd be <laughs> he wouldn't know what like, to do no, so what are you doing <laughs> um but um I suppose like as well that for me like fitness what you're saying there with laughter yoga like you know fitness for me was what kind of brought that kind of connection to myself originally and it's funny because I've talked to so many different people obviously fitness coaches I've talked to yoga teachers Reiki masters talking to laughter yoga coaches (laughs) now and breathwork coaches and what I'm discovering um from all these different practices you know and all these different experts in these different fields is two things and I'll probably forget them now as I I'll lose my train of thought but one is all of these practices whether it is going for a run whether it's doing a yoga class whether it's doing a laughter session a breath work session it's bringing you into the present moment it's taking you out of that monkey mind that is ruining your life first exactly. of all it's giving you that break for 10 minutes half an hour however long so like that's the first thing and the second thing is and I'm, it's only kind of now that like, and I, I say this to my clients all the time is when it comes to exercise I'm like I don't care if you do yoga or you do classes or you jump up and down on a trampoline or you go for a run or you go for a walk move your body Definitely. find something you enjoy I don't believe there's nothing out there that someone enjoys and like people be like is it okay if I just do the bike and you know maybe one weight session I'm like yeah if, if you can do that consistently that's yeah. what you should do so my point here is that no matter what you do whether it is like whatever form of exercise or activity or laughter yoga or breath work if it makes you happy yes. that's, it's the point is it's raising your vibration so being in the present moment to get that break from your thoughts and raising your vibration by making you happier
1: exactly exactly right. I was explaining that to somebody the other day about raising your vibration I was like just move your body do something do anything it's so important but so many of us, we just don't want to be stuck, maybe in a gym or committing to something. But even if you're dancing in the kitchen, you're moving your body, you're moving the energy. Because so a lot of times we get stuck in life. There's that stagnant energy and we just, we just need to sort of encourage new energy in. And that's when opportunities come into the world as well.
0: Yes, once your vibration is raised, you're going to attract... You're going to attract more people into your life and opportunities into your life. Like you said, after you did that course and yeah. you were like, my life has changed. And like my mine, I had a similar experience when it came to kind of veering towards coaching rather than teaching. And it was just this fire inside of me. And then it was like all these opportunities. And I think, you know, like if anyone's watched or read The Secret, you know, and it talks about the law of attraction, like I love, I love the whole idea of the law of attraction what you put out there, you get back. But the real missing piece that I don't think they emphasize enough, and that is the taking action part.
1: I was about to say that is the most important thing. Yeah. It's like it's like that story about, you know, the person is drowning and he's asking God for help. And God sends, you know, the, the boat and the helicopter and he doesn't take any of it because he's waiting for God. And we're like, but that was, you know, you have to take some action yourself. You can't just expect everything to happen because, yeah, there has to yeah. be a movement. There's got to be action.
0: Did you ever read the book The Success Principles by Jack Canfield?
1: No, oh, I have so good a lot of bits of him though. He's amazing.
0: Yeah, he like and he speaks in the secret, um, in the document like the film, but he has like he has so many books. But the Success Principles is definitely worth buying and reading. It's a big book, but it's kind of when you can kind of dip into. You can be reading other things or doing other yeah. things, you know, and just kind of dip in and out of it. But his very first principle is take one hundred percent responsibility for your own life brilliant and I was like wow he was like no excuses the most the most dangerous habit that you can have in your life is complaining oh yes definitely definitely
1: Whereas one of the things I've been doing probably since I hit 30 actually but it's saying yes to things as long as they're not illegal but saying yes and then and honestly and it takes you out of your comfort zone a lot yeah.
0: of times, there's been a lot. yes to some things, but then saying no to other things. It's funny, like I find taking that gap to be like listen to my gut and be like, do I want to do this? Why am I yeah. going to the pub this Saturday night when I actually don't want to? But yeah. saying yes, being like, oh, there's a sunrise swim on that I'd love to go to, but oh, I'd love to try one of those. Just fucking go, just do it. You'll meet yes. people. You'll, you know, it'll, it'll, I was talking to someone about this yesterday. Like, it'll change your life. You'll meet your tribe
1: definitely definitely you're so right there's so many things that we just don't yeah we just get stuck in our way we should do them see what like they are meet new people yeah. follow your gut for sure yeah but but
0: there never... was, was a real slap in the face when it was like take 100 percent responsibility for your life and stop complaining and it's like instead of being like oh i'm so broke oh i'm so busy oh i'm so tired <laughs> i don't oh, i hate my job or this that and the other it's like okay you're not a tree move if you don't like where you are move and i know that's scary and i know you know and that doesn't mean go from zero to a hundred but do something and the the amazing thing is when you do something to change your current situation and i mean anything um, and your current situation could be any type of situation just take the first step and once you take the first step the next step will present itself exactly yeah and do something in the meantime, if you're in a really, really bad spot in a really bad place at the minute in your life, do something every day for you that makes you happy. And, yeah,
1: that's the key. That is yeah. the key.
0: Which which brings in laughter yoga. Then that and that's like you know, mm. if it's if you're someone who maybe isn't into fitness or hasn't found a type of exercise that you enjoy, and you're in a really insecure and not a great place, you're not probably not going to go out and try loads of different exercise classes to figure out what exercise you enjoy, <laughs> but laughter yoga could be a really nice place to start.
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, going to class is like the best feeling ever because you might go in as strangers, but by the end of it, it's like you're firm friends and because you're experiencing something together, especially if you have never done it before. Now it's really common to come into laughter yoga class and feel a bit self-conscious and to feel a bit silly because it is a bit silly pretending to laugh. But once you get over that and you do get over that so quickly, it's just such a powerful, joyful. Th- I mean, the changes that I have seen in people that have come to my classes is amazing. I mean, there's a lassie that came to my class and she kept coming each month and she never really spoke. And I thought, God, I don't even know if she's liking this. You know, I'm not sure why she still comes. And this is like two years ago. And she was stuck in a job that she didn't love. And, and she didn't really have you know to my eyes much quality of life she wasn't doing many fun things in her life yet now she's changed job she meets up with a friend every single week and they go explore a different part of Scotland and they go walking and she goes wild swimming and she's made other friends from the class and people that you wouldn't maybe pair her up with because she was so shy at the start but I had her once at one of my festivals I go to and she was reeling people into my class, like totally confident person she was, and that was the laughter yoga. That was just giving yourself permission to be to be free and light with it, and it literally just turned her life around. She's unrecognizable, honestly. It's just amazing, and I see that so often. It's just beautiful.
0: There's literally <laughs> nothing more rewarding than watching someone. You know, discover themselves, and it's funny because I think we lose ourselves. And it like it's funny. Who was I talking to about this recently? Um, but I think you know, as like as we go through life, you know, like when, like as a teacher, I would have learned a lot about like early childhood. I was actually I was talking to my group ladies in our Zoom call about this, and I learned in college that you know your first seven years, you're like a sponge. So by the time your child is seven, or by the time you're seven. A lot of the way you see the world has already been built and it's programmed and it's going to take some work to change, which kind of scares me, particularly about my older two kids. I'm like, shit, what did I do to them? I hope I haven't messed them up. But um, you know, and it's but it's so true. Like, we you know we look at the world with like these big wide eyes when we're small kids and everything's fantastic, and we laugh more and we tumble and we, you know, we just everything's play. And then we start institutionalizing them, and this is another reason why I can. We won't go down this road, but why I just can't be in the education system anymore? It's like we start ruining them, like we start, like you know, mm-hmm. prepping them for this fucked up world that we've created, and we have to. Like I'm not, I'm not totally not going to the education system. We can't, you know, just have everyone going around touching the trees, and you know, you know, like you know, we society needs to function. I get that, um, but like it we lose ourselves along the way from like age seven onwards like and I okay. see it in the school by the when you see a child in first and second class second class is really so in second class in Ireland is they'd be age seven age eight okay. by the time okay. they go into third class then age eight age nine mm-hmm. they've changed you know and by the time they're in sixth class which is are the last of our primary schools so that they finish sixth class 12 13 you know yeah. and you know they're unrecognizable to what they were like when they were little and I know it's, it's all developmental as well but we lose ourselves and then like I think about my own journey of you know trying to please others and trying to fit in and you know the years of my teens and my 20s where yeah. I was just trying to fit in trying to please others try, and it's really only in my 30s that I've stopped and been like who am I what the fuck am I doing like and I think when that what you're saying there, that experience of that girl, and you know, I've seen it with myself, yeah. but with also with clients, when we actually stop and question everything we've built, and I, I don't mean disregard everything we've built, but you can really start when you start tapping in, whether it's meditation, laughter yoga, yeah. breath work, whatever means you use to get there, exercise, you start tapping back into that inner child. And it's like, like an amazing it. catalyst
1: it's just fantastic Isn't it?
0: it's yeah funny. but like once you re like I feel like in the past three years I have reconnected with that little girl that I haven't seen yeah. since I was six years old till the world start till she started reacting to the world yeah and I was quite an overprotected kid like I you know I didn't have any trauma in my childhood except that I was an anxious child. And the outside world was really scary to me. Like, you know, and I had great parents that probably overprotected me a bit too much. Maybe that, that's partly why I, I was quite anxious. But, you know, it's it's funny, isn't it? How the, I, I don't like to say the world changes you because I feel like then you're putting blame yeah. on others, you know, and back to that 100% responsibility. for. But- <laughs> Oh, it is so back to my point. It's so empowering when you see someone really connect with themselves again. And I do believe that it's just we've come full circle and we're connected back to who we really are, who, which we lose at about age seven. Definitely.
1: because I remember myself before I left school, you know, 16, 17, 18, I was so confident. I was all for saving the world. I was so passionate about things. And I feel I've gone back to that person now, but it's taken such a long time. i mean, in my mid 40s now, I'm perimenopausal. Life is stressful, but, you know, with laughter Yoga, I've literally, it's like I've found my love for life again. And as I look to next year and planning things, I'm planning things that bring me joy. I mean, I you know, of course, there's jobs gonna, I'm going to have to do that are maybe not as joyful, but my ultimate goal, and I think my measure of success is doing things that make me happy and bring me the most amount of joy. And I think yeah. that is just
0: so powerful. And I think when you get to your 30s and 40s as well, you realize you're less anxious about it because you realize, well, what's the worst that can happen? You know, yeah. things have happened in your life that have been pretty bad at that yeah. at that stage. And you're like, OK, I survived that. Um, exactly. And in general, things have a way of working out, Definitely. you know, no matter what, no matter what the obstacle. And if it, things don't work out and things are devastating and you have stuff to get through. You've got through stuff before you get through stuff again. And you build this, I suppose it's probably by evidence you build this confidence in yourself. You just and then laugh you also, it off you move yeah, on. <laughs> laugh it off and move on, exactly. And um keep your vibration high. Yeah. Definitely. And people like, think sometimes you're I get, well, sometimes I get so excited in my business and the
1: people I'm helping, and I'll say to my husband, I'm like, I'm so excited, I could jump up and down. And he's like, please don't we're in a supermarket people will think you're <laughs> crazy <laughs> but do you know what every time I have felt like that I swear to goodness within 24 hours I've like somebody's reached out to me to you know for a job or um you know an opportunity has presented itself and it's because my vib- vibration is high it's taken yeah. me a long time to get here
0: but yeah I would stay jumping up and down yeah it's so true No, like it's funny because I hadn't really thought about it until I was talking to you about it but like let's say I've had a really busy day on the laptop you know things are quite stressful in my business at the minute I'm doing a bit of a restructuring of my business so that I can scale a little bit more so it like it's a lot of work and a lot of you know and I'm working with a mentor to help me but it's yeah. like oh, I have so much to do I don't even know where to start you know and yeah. I, I have this personality where I'm like I need to get ahead of myself and I was like what's next How, when is it all going to be done and I'm trying to rush everything and so I find that quite stressful on top of obviously checking in with my clients and doing it. So I have a lot going on. So I would like, I've literally come off the laptop some days now and my head is like, like it's literally, I I actually have like a tension headache and I'm not a headachey kind of person. Um, but what has really worked and I've been doing it lately especially now it's Christmas time I'll blast my p- Christmas playlist <laughs> and I'll start dancing around the kitchen and singing or singing while I'm cooking dinner I'm chopping the vegetables and then like I've noticed my six year old will come in and he'll start dancing with me and then my 10 <laughs> year old will come in and my 14 my 13 year old does not come in but the other no, two yeah. <laughs> not bad. but you know and then we like the, we've had a few like dances around the kitchen and it really does like I, instead of putting on a po- like and I love listening to podcasts but I have not been putting on podcasts while cooking dinner lately because i usually do and i'm kind of learning as i'm doing kind of mindless jobs like that i've had to listen to music because like that it raises my vibration and takes me out of that my head going 90 being like okay it's time to switch off now and it's a really really good way to just yeah move your body and laugh and sing and dance definitely we need to do so much more like i listen to a lot
1: of podcasts i travel quite a lot for work so i listen to yourself and others but yeah when i'm in the house i do not do podcasts it's music Whatever is upbeat, whatever is getting me moving. Yeah.
0: yeah so powerful. whereas I'm actually the opposite. Like I will listen to a lot of music in the car. I love to sing in the car, like so. I have like a road trip playlist, and my friends will always laugh at me because the road trip playlist is so random. Like, you know, it could be Britney Spears, and it could be Garth Brooks, it could be a bit yeah. of Johnny Cash. Then you might have a bit of Doctor Dre, and you know, like <laughs> then you could have like a bit of Irish yeah. music. You could have a bit of like Luke Kelly, and the Dubliners will come in then. And it, so it's it's just random yeah. shit. But like, I just love being able to like sing. Like, and I'm not a good singer, but I would love to be a good yeah. singer. It's probably just as well, like I am, and I would probably make a show of myself on the internet. But <laughs> I love so like I was sing in my. Car and it really puts me in a good mood I'll enjoy a journey to go somewhere like because I'm like yeah especially if I'm on my own I do that
1: if I'm going around town I sing and it drives my husband up the wall I love singing but I do think for the longer distances it's like I don't want to waste the time that I'm in the car
0: that time yeah Yeah. I'll use that time like when I'm cooking or putting away the washing or you know if I'm getting ready in the morning and I listen to podcasts or audiobooks that it's funny like and I don't know and I've tried listening to a podcast when I'm driving And I I find it difficult to zone into the podcast. And I think it it all stems from when I used to have panic attacks. I used to have panic attacks when I was driving. So I think that that activates that thinking part of my mind which yeah. then doesn't make me feel good while I'm driving. Whereas when I'm listening to music and I'm singing, I'm switched off from it. It's yeah, funny, like definitely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's something that, that works that works for me. And I know a lot of people do listen to podcasts while driving, and it is a really good use of the time to be learning and um But it's yeah. so frustrating because yesterday I was list- I was listening to one of yours actually, and there was something
1: like a total standout moment. I'm like, I'm driving, I don't have my pen, I can't have paper. And I was so yeah. close to like phoning my husband to say, just remember this and then we'll discuss when I get home. But it was so funny, <laughs> but I do. Yeah. I just use
0: that time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Do you know what, I, what I've what i started doing for myself as well for my random thoughts? Obviously, you probably can't really do this while you're driving either, but I set up a WhatsApp group with myself. So like, I made a WhatsApp group with me and my husband then I kicked him out of it. So it's just me in it. So I'll send myself voice notes. You know, so, you know if you're like on the go, you know, not, not I, if you're driving, you probably shouldn't send yourself voice notes while you're driving. But yeah. if you're out for a walk, like a lot of my ideas will come to me when I'm out walking. And i am like, phone. And I, yeah. Like, you know, and I'll send myself the voice note and the idea that I have there and then because you forget it. And I it's a great thing.
1: When I feel stressed, overwhelmed, I go for a bath. But I swear to goodness, I'm only in the bath like a few minutes and then I have too many good ideas. I need to hop out the bath. So maybe yeah. I need to start doing voice notes.
0: <laughs> yes, definitely have the phone there. And WhatsApp is great. Like you can have all these, uh, these fancy apps, you know, where you're blogging ideas. But I'm like, WhatsApp, you know, you're in it all the time anyway. It's just so easy. Exactly. You know, you, you do it without thinking, whereas you have to fiddle around with some fancy app. You're like, oh, no, it's just easier to send yourself a voice note or whatever it is. And then you can go back at the end of the day and check, but like some of the random thoughts might not make any sense anymore, but the ones that do will still stand out to you and it'll come back to you. Exactly, sure. yeah, I love that. <laughs> uh, bring anyway, I want to bring it back to the laughter because I wrote a little note here when you were talking that made me think of it, that you were like, you know, that it's pretend, your body doesn't know the difference between pretend laughter and real laughter. And this, I find this concept fascinating because it's the same, like, you know, I'd have read a lot about kind of, you know, goal setting. And manifesting and vision boards and you know yeah set like you know setting yourself up for success and the whole idea of faking it until you make it so as yes. in and it's the same is very true in, in a fat loss or you know a health journey that you know people will start out and they'll be very results orientated oh I'll be happy when I get I'll be happy it's like you need to behave like the person that you want to be because you are all already that person and it might take take some time to put those habits in place but by being that person and ha- be happy right now being that person doing the habits that, that person does you will get there and it's the same you know with like success like you know if you want if you have a goal for your business that you should be like visualizing it doing like deep visualizations making yeah. a board how do you feel where are you what like who's there what can you smell if you're using all your senses and bringing yourself in because your brain and like this isn't woo woo stuff And there's loads of research on this. Your brain doesn't know the difference between what you're imagining and what's actually happening, which is actually kind of scary. And, you know, I'm sure it's like (laughs) the opposite direction with, you know, with a lot of kind of mental disorders and stuff. But it's really, that's that's a really powerful tool to know, which I presume with laughter is the same thing. Definitely. Definitely, and because so
1: many people will come to class or they won't come to class because they're not in the mood to laugh. But that, that's when you need to be there because you're yeah. still going to reap all the same wonderful health benefits. And I, honestly, I don't think I've ever met a person who's pretend laughed the whole session. You don't, but especially when you're doing it in a group. I mean, I've done sessions just one-on-one, which is just as powerful, but there's no way you can do a full session, pretend laughing. It's impossible. The pretend laughter does turn into real laughter, because then you're like, "God, why am I laughing?" It's just
0: magical. It's just amazing. And it's the same as we do this five minute action in my program as well, where it's like you know to beat motivation, because motivation is not is bullshit. Like you know, motivation is. Right. In this it's not bullshit, but it's—it's it's temporary. You're not going to be motivated all the time. No one is. Even the world's no. most motivated people um are not motivated all the time and it does come down to like and I don't like the word discipline as well because I think that kind of people associate that with school and as a negative thing um but like by using a five minute action so if you are supposed to go out for your walk this evening and you really don't want to it's cold outside you're tired um you just like you would rather be on the couch and watching tv in your pjs you give yourself a five minute action you're like I will step outside my house and I will walk for five minutes If after five minutes, I still don't want to walk, I can, I'm giving myself guilt-free permission to stop walking right now and go home and I'll have done five minutes more than what I'd done before. Um, but the thing is nine times out of 10, what's going to happen after five minutes is you're going to feel better and you're going to want to do more once you get going. So like it gets the ball moving and it's the same, I suppose, with laughter yoga, with that pretend laughing. It's going to build a momentum, definitely. and suddenly you're actually laughing. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, amazing. It is.
1: It's so true. It's yeah, honestly, it's the most amazing experience. And if you're doing it regularly, which you should be, it's it just changes your life. It really does. Yeah. I mean, I definitely need to start exercising more next year. But I am happier in the knowledge that every time I laugh and I do my deep belly laughing, I'm doing cardio.
0: So I do cardio every day. Who knew? (laughs) (laughs) Fitness expert. Um, Do you do these (laughs) laughter laughter yoga classes online? Like is is anyone listening who's interested in trying one? Do you like offer an online service? Yeah, so I do.
1: I'm going to be launching some this week for January. So yeah, online classes. So that'll feature your laughter yoga and the guided meditation at the end and it's just beautiful over zoom
0: and like can it. you do, can you do in classes or do people need to sign up for a course or uh, both oh you both. have both options okay yeah. and have you a website that people can look to or is it on through your social media or
1: so social media at the moment i'm working on my website over christmas so I'm instagram, on facebook.
0: Is instagram the best place then to reach you
1: uh, facebook. I facebook i do go on instagram but facebook is more most active
0: Facebook and what is your your name on Facebook? And I'll just just I'm gonna make notes to put into the notes. So here. it's
1: lighten the load, life.
0: Lighten the load, life. Yes. I will share this um, in the show notes if anyone does want to reach out to you and try some of this laughter yoga classes just to see what it's all about and see, just might just get them out of a funk that they're in. Um, sounds amazing, especially with, with the fact that you've got drop-in classes as well. That's, that I had smile. a lady
1: message me literally this morning just saying that she's really stressed with Christmas, really down. Can she just book a wee one-to-one? I'm like, absolutely. I mean, it's such an energizer. It's perfect. Yeah
0: amazing yes. yeah i um, i wanted before I, we still have a few minutes so i just i did want i just wanted to kind of ask you about that while i thought of it while we were talking about laughter yoga because i wanted to just steer the conversation slightly in a different direction because i had looked through your stuff online and i see as well that you're an organizational specialist so yes. <laughs> i love organization and again my friends will laugh at me but you know my lists and my notebooks and my diaries and my schedules i like i love organization and i think it's such an important part to success as well like you know success to reach your health and fitness goals any type of goals being organized but so I see that yeah you've said an organizational specialist so without stating the obvious (laughs) uh, what what exactly is an organizational specialist
1: I basically the most important bit is I help people to declutter a lot of people find it really difficult to sort of tidy their house and get it sorted for visitors coming and a lot of us we just have too much stuff and we need to learn to declutter. So that's part of the reason my business is called lighten the load, because it's really just releasing things that no longer serve us. I mean, if you sit in your living room tonight and uh, just look around your, you know, your sideboard or your shelves or whatever, there's bound to be items there that you never look at. You they just gather dust. You don't need them. And it's very much teaching people just to start going through their, their things and decluttering what they don't need and it's not even to create more space to get more stuff it's just getting rid of clutter because clutter just affects us physically and it affects us mentally and Mm -hmm. I do know that when I was a social worker I just felt I just felt so overwhelmed by life and I think my house sort of you know when you're so stressed at work and you come home you don't have as much energy and time to focus on your house so little by little decluttering a drawer or a cupboard it just yeah it moves that stagnant air we're talking about moving and energy and it just creates space for new opportunities and light and I just love it
0: so I do a lot of
1: decluttering with clients in person and online and it's just teaching them how to declutter because it's a it's such a you can feel so stressed and overwhelmed and you don't know where to start so that's why it's great to get somebody like myself to help guide you and hold your hand and last
0: it's so like it's so therapeutic to do a decluttering like i we actually just got a skip there um over the past two days my husband took last thursday friday monday and tuesday off he had days left to take right before the end of the year and you know with christmas coming then and having three kids you know it like the place ends up cluttered again and i can't cope with clutter like and we have like a three-bedroom semi-detached house sorry it's four-bedroom that we have the attic converted but so like but downstairs is small there's you know if I was the kids are getting bigger we have a dog now as well like so there's there's people everywhere um and I just like and I would have very much been a quite a sentimental person like to hold on to things oh I got this here or the, you know like and I blame my dad like my dad is such a hoarder he's not like <laughs> he's more of a hoarder like he'll give things to oh put that like that'll remind you of this like you know his own house doesn't look cluttered like his own house is really organized but he's he's retired he has time to you know organize stuff and file things away with his label maker but you know most of us don't have this kind of time Yeah, exactly. Um, but I've spent the past like we got the attic converted yeah probably two years ago now and I like my attic before that was like, if I did, if in doubt, I wouldn't throw things out. It just went to the attic. So my attic yeah. was full. So we had to spend like w- like weeks and we got the attic converted in January. So we had to sort this like during the Christmas holidays, it was actually so stressful. Um, and just, I threw out so much stuff from my childhood. I threw out so much, like it was really hard. But I, I was definitely. like, I haven't looked at this in 15 years. I don't need it, you know, stop, you know. So my motto was, I went through all of my memory boxes and stuff that I didn't remember what it was from I was like why have you got this or if I looked yeah, at something exactly. that didn't make me feel any type of emotion gone gone so like I, I was really cutthroat with it and it like it, it genuinely made me feel so much lighter I actually felt like I was kind of shedding a part of my old self as well especially with everything else going on in my life and all the changes I was making it was really really therapeutic and like now I very much like if I I don't I don't keep much at all I throw everything out but even like I tell you what really stresses me out when the teacher sends home all the crap from school I was about to
1: say that's the most stressful thing for parents.
0: oh I'm like just throw it out and we won't even know about it in the first place and then we don't feel guilty so like I have to go through and I'm like you know I, I throw a lot of like Kai's stuff now, like Layla doesn't have, have as much stuff home it's more kind of in copies and books you know at the end of the year I'm like fuck them all out but um Kai will bring home pictures you know and like so I'm like anything that's particularly sentimental I'm keeping in like a little folder you know of Kai's little he's my youngest I won't be having any more so you know that um I'm like he is the baby but I'm like you cannot hang on to everything so I have to throw a load of his shit into the the recycling bin like put it way down where you can't see it, um, because like you can't keep it all it's insane and it'll, it'll just build up again and again but we got to skip there and i just said to dave like we had gathered old toy. like that i find especially the age six like the toys and they don't have the organizational skills themselves and things that were in sets get all missed i'm like you th- like dave is cutthroat he just gets rid of everything i'm yeah. like just get it on the skip i'm busy working i'm you know i've all business yeah, stuff yeah. To do. i don't have time for this you're off you do it if there's something you're really unsure of ask me otherwise just make the executive decision so I didn't even look in the skip because if I did I'd find it really hard like oh you're that out it's gone (laughs) now and I but he was like you know then there's like I had to say to him like if there's things if they're really good and they can be given to a charity shop don't throw them out and but a lot of it is just pure crap that you wouldn't give to anyone
1: No, but the thing is you've got to make sure that if you do have a box for taking it to a charity shop that you set yourself a deadline. Like,
0: here, Otherwise it sits there. Yes, exactly.
1: When I first started decluttering with clients it was years ago. I remember my first lady she's like, that's fine. I'll take the stuff to the recycling. I'll take stuff to the charity. And when I went back the next week it was all back in our cupboard again. Yeah. And
0: I thought, no way. So now I take stuff away. Yeah. The boot of my car. Like I would just leave things in the boot of my car. Now, I like with kids clothes you know as the kids get older and they grow out of clothes as well that's another one um but like I have like friends I one of my friends has so my oldest boy and my girl that she has a boy two years younger than my boy and a girl two years younger than my girl so it's ideal and she's (laughs) delighted especially as the kids get older it's all like Nike and Adidas stuff like it's really good stuff so um like I will when I'm doing a clear out anything that they've grown out of I'll put them in bags and I'll give them to her And she's delighted. So I'm actually meeting her on Saturday. I have three bags in my boot. And Mm -hmm. if I forget, like, and we're like, we're old friends. We don't see each other that much anymore. You know, twice or three times a year. Mm -hmm. If I forget to bring this to her. I will be so mad at myself. So I'm like, I'm literally going to send like a set of reminder right in the middle of lunch to be like, give Rachel the bags, you know, give, exactly. don't forget. um, And like, and, but like that, I have another friend then who has a girl who's a good few years older than my girl. And she used to always give me loads of girl stuff. Like, and, you know, she went to America a lot and would have got lots of kind of, you know, designer stuff. And she'd give me all the designer bits for Layla when Layla was younger. And we used to have this nice little system going, you know, and that we passed on and it was great it was actually a really great way to not waste kids clothes as well because and it saves. so it means you have all the basics like so you know that Layla will get all these lovely dresses and you know leggings and tops and I'll be like right what else do I need in this size now I have the basics I need to go and get a few more socks and you know jumpers or whatever and it was great like it it was such a nice system definitely yeah yeah but it's definitely making sure that you don't take
1: anything into your house that you don't need and you don't love like my son's gone off to South Africa for Christmas, and I'm like, don't take any tap back. Like literally, don't buy us anything because yeah. you know yourself when you're on holiday, you feel the guilt that you've got to buy. I don't know magnets or hats or stupid stuff. Yeah. I'm like, don't. It just be clutter. Just yeah. tell us about your experience when you come home.
0: Yeah, take the photos, a yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, definitely.
1: I'm a lot stricter because you you do have that guilt. If something gave it to me. I've got to look after it and treasure it and. We have too much stuff. Everybody's got too much stuff.
0: Yeah, it's so true. And um, what is it? A decluttered house equals a decluttered mind.
1: Exactly. And I'm not even like a control freak at all. But by decluttering, it does give you that sense of control. And especially when your world is overwhelmed and stressful, it's quite nice to have a little bit of control on something in any area of your life, which is your house.
0: Yeah. And I find like as well, just in kind of the busy life like nothing to do with your house like just actually having like a cluttered mind leads to a lot of stress and like all jokes aside I do find by writing a list and just getting what I need to get done written down like having it in your calendar or have a little to-do app yeah. or whatever or your whatsapp thoughts whatsapp group you have with yeah, yourself, whatever you know whatever you works for you or a physical kind of whiteboard or something in your house you have a to-do list get get it all out of your head all of it that needs to be done you can then categorize it as in what needs to be like put it in order of importance what needs to get done first and even if you get one thing done off your list every day and then copy and paste your your to-do list into the next day and don't be overwhelmed by the list and like there'll always be things added to it and you know you might need to slip some things up in on top but you'll get to it and then you'll have quieter days to get more things done but I think by just the habit of getting it into a list took it out of my head so that I was actually able to switch off and relax when I'm not dealing with what needs to be done.
1: Sometimes we think we've got too much to do, but that as you say, once you write it down or put it on the computer, it's, it, it feels more manageable. Yeah,
0: Definitely. and then you're less stressed about actually forgetting it. Exactly. Yeah, and then it leaves more room to be less stressed and to be more of a happy, fun adult. That exactly, be a to factor in more fun. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Right, Natalie, last question. What does the word health mean to you?
1: It's so funny because if you'd asked me that a few years back when I was a social worker, I'd give you the whole medical model, whatever. But to me, health is living the best you can, or like your optimum, like physical health, mental health. But for me, it's really happiness. Happiness and joyfulness. If you've got that, everything else comes at the back of it. I think when you're happier... You're going to move more. You're going to be eating better, less stressed. So,
0: yeah. Yeah. And I think that's always everyone's ultimate goal. And I think people don't realize that with whatever they take on in life, that when you stop and really think about it, that's actually what we all want. Definitely. Yeah. Natalie, thank you so much for coming on. I really enjoyed this conversation.
1: Thank you so much. It was so much fun.
0: I have to come and try a laughter yoga class now. My kids will think Definitely. I'll have lost it now. <laughs> <laughs> definitely thank you thanks so much chat soon Bye. I just want to say thank you so much for listening to the podcast um, you guys have no idea how much it means to me um, I absolutely love doing the podcast and I love sharing uh, the stories of the different people that I talk with, and I'm just learning so much myself. So from the bottom of my heart, thank you so much and uh, If I could ask you for one little thing, well, maybe three little things, um would be number one, if you could subscribe to the podcast, it makes such a difference um for numbers on Spotify or whatever, um with people actually subscribing rather than just listening to random episodes um if you If there's ever a particular episode that you really enjoy, if you were able to leave a review, this would be absolutely amazing. And then obviously the most important thing, if you enjoy an episode, please do share it on your stories, wherever on your social media, tag me in it, or even just share it in your WhatsApp groups or with your friends or with your family or anyone that you think um, will enjoy the podcast. Um, Let's try and get it out there to more people and try and help more people. Um, and if you are eager to get working with me, um, I have restructured how I'm going to be doing my coaching going forward. So the eight week Nourish, Move and Shine program is no more. Um, however, you can still work with me by application only. So, um, if you're interested in getting fit, getting healthy and just getting into good habits, um, check out my coaching application form. You get it through the link in my bio and any of my social media or on my website. And we can have a chat, see if it's a good fit and get you working towards your goals for the year ahead.